Welcome to our Advent prayer journey. The word Advent comes from a Latin word which was originally translated from a Greek word, parousia, which referred to the coming of Christ in the flesh, as well as his second coming. Advent has been a part of the church calendar since the early days of the church. It is a tool that helps us prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ. Take a moment to pause, take a breath, and refocus your scattered thoughts on the presence of Jesus. And as you breathe, remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some impersonal life force or power, but a companion for life who walks with you every day. Rather than praying what you think that you should pray, pray from an honest place. Pray as if your best friend were sitting right next to you with a listening ear. Today, pray the prayer of Psalm 98, verses 1 through 3. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. The driving force behind Christ's coming at Christmas has been revealed, and here it is. God loves us. God loves you. The story of Christmas is that God loves you. God gave the most precious gift, the gift of Jesus, his own son. And Jesus came for the main purpose of dying on the cross on your behalf for your sin to save you from the consequences of your mistakes. He didn't do the sinning. He didn't deserve the cross. But God saw you, his child, in a desperate place. And he had compassion on you because he loved you. Sending Jesus cost God great pain. He was sending his own child to his death. And yet... He still believed it was worth it paying that price because he loved you and he valued you. Pray this prayer today. Lord, help me remember how loved I am.
Hundreds of years before the coming of Christ, there were prophecies about his life. Let's read this passage together, and as we do, we can understand more fully who he is. This is a prophecy out of Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. When the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses, we will raise against them seven shepherds, even eight commanders. Now, this prophecy feels like something you'd hear quoted from the Lord of the Rings, right? There's a ruler who's coming and his greatness will reach the nations and he'll bring a time of peace to Israel. These are big promises. This baby will be great. But did you notice where he'd be from? Bethlehem. And did you hear the description of Bethlehem? You are small among the clans of Judah. So from a small, insignificant people, God will do his greatest work. This is so at the heart of everything Jesus preaches. His prophecies even echo through his life and his teaching. It reminds me of teachings like, if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Or the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Even though it's the smallest seed, it becomes the largest of trees. God loves using small, insignificant things to do his work. Do you feel insignificant today? I sure do. Do you feel like you don't have much to give God today that he can use? I definitely do. Maybe you only have a few minutes to pray, but you're giving that little free time to God. God takes our tiny seeds and makes them into giant trees. Pray this prayer. Lord, today I give you what I have. It may seem small and insignificant, but give me the faith to see what you can do with it. As we return again to our passage, listen for the natural inflections that you hear in this passage. Are there certain words or phrases that jump out to you? And what might God be saying to you by highlighting those phrases? Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. But you, Bethlehem, 
Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. When the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses, we will raise against them even seven shepherds, even eight commanders. Have you ever noticed that the hardest place for your heart to be is the current moment? I mean, how often do we check our phones to escape the discomfort that we're feeling in the moment? How often do we escape to the fantasies of our minds? How often do we come home and watch Netflix because we're anxious from the day and we call it unwinding, but what I really think that we mean is escaping. There is an embedded, perpetual, hurried sense of urgency in the modern heart to escape the moment in front of us. And the reason that that is, is because very often our moment, our current moment, can be an incredibly inhospitable place for our hearts to live, right? We got deadlines and relational drama and disappointments that build up so much pressure in our hearts that we finally say, I'm not dealing with this, and we run away. We run away to our phones, our fantasies, or to our preferred mental destinations, whatever that might be for you. And we do this so often that we have to remind ourselves, live in the moment. We've trained our brains to escape our current moment. We even have whole industries dedicated to mindfulness, to getting you connected to the physical world around you in this moment. But in Jesus, we have tools to clean up and deal with the messy moments that we find ourselves in. He's given us everything that we need to make this moment right now a thoroughly enjoyable place for our heart to be. Let me repeat verse five to you. He will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our lands. Christ is preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's carving out in my heart a peaceful place called the kingdom of God, the Garden of Eden. And this Garden of Eden has returned to the world. And the first place that it begins is inside of my heart. I don't need to borrow joy from Netflix. I don't need to borrow peace from fantasies. I have peace and joy right here in Christ, right now in this moment from him. So right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, you have put peace and joy in my heart through Christ. Today, let me remember that all the peace, all the joy and all the rest that I need is in him. He is all sufficient. He is everything I need. Amen.